The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Okay, if you were to write your autobiography right now, what would be your title? You mean as in this day? Because actually this day might look, the title might sound different than tomorrow. (laughs) Yes, this day. We want to know this day what your title would be. Okay, I don't want to have to answer that because this day I would rather be asking the questions, not answering them. So, okay, with that in mind, before we get too far into our show, this day you are listening to The Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's fabulous show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. Well, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. But today we have two very special guests who are experts in their field. They both understand the value of women and how significant the stories we tell ourselves are. And, you know, Lise, we see a lot of negative talk over the last decade as we're working with women. Self-talk. Negative self-talk. We see negative talk and we see negative (laughs) self-talk. Yeah, good point. Good point. You know, you put 10,000 hours in with women, you're definitely going to see some some negative self-talk. And it well, just like yesterday, we were sitting around with our team, sitting around the table, and it's crazy when we we talked about what we were going to be doing on the show today, and immediately... The, the emotions start going there with how we beat ourselves up. And, and I was laughing because this weekend um, I left my child, and I hope their parents aren't listening right now, but <laughs> and her two friends at the skating rink in a, a not-so-great area. Uh, my, and my other daughter and I, we pulled in to pick them up, and I, I left them late, I don't know, 20, 25, maybe 30 minutes there. They were all like... <laughs> but who's <laughs> counting? They were all leaning up against the wall like hoodlums, you know, waiting for their, their mom to come. And, you know, there was some interesting cars in the parking lot. And you immediately go... Well, my other daughter took a picture and said, this is called good parenting, and we laughed about it. But you can really feel... You can beat yourself up over. But I don't think you really struggle a lot with the negative self-talk because you just go, oh, well. <laughs> well, it is a good attitude to have. It is a great attitude to have. But like you said, you know, when we were, we were sitting with our team and talking about this, it immediately hit a hot button and it hit an emotional button because every woman, I don't care who you are, what you're doing, what's your age, what's your status in life, we have all experienced that negative self-talk, mm-hmm. self-talk that we, this, it goes back to the stories we tell ourselves. And depending on the season and depending on where we're at, sometimes those negative uh, stories we tell ourselves are more significant and more powerful, and sometimes they don't impact us as much. It kind of depends, but there's that ebb and flow of that. But it is a topic that we really want to address because women really are struggling with that. And a lot of times we, we struggle with it silently because we mm-hmm. don't want somebody else to know what the story is we're having with ourselves behind the scenes. Well, and it becomes a habit, and you don't even realize. When I, when I realized that 
having negative self-talk can be habitual and it becomes who you are, that's when I thought, okay, I have to do something about it. Because you just think your, your thoughts cannot really do any harm. You just think having those thoughts, it's just like, ugh, I did this, or I can't do that, or I feel inadequate, and you don't realize that those thoughts... They stick. And they become who you are. They, they start defining you and, you, and you don't even realize because it is such a gradual process, like any habit. Before you yes. know it, it becomes something that defines you or something that you're doing, and you didn't realize it. Because, you know, you hear that so many often, how did I get to this place? Mm-hmm. Well... It was just slowly evolving, and you just think things are like this is an innocent conversation I'm having with myself. And before you know it, it just it gets out of control. And like we said, it does define you, and you are allowing that. To, you're projecting that then to mm-hmm. other people, and you don't even realize it so many times. Well, I have to tell you, our first guest that we are going to have on the show, she um, it's amazing. She wrote a book called Cherished, and she talks so much about just that, that negative self-talk. And she is also the founder of We Are Cherished. And we met her recently at a conference we were doing in Texas. And um, she kind of blew us away. She was just one of those that you can tell she's she's been able to overcome that negative, mm-hmm. critical um, way of thinking about yourself. And she's done phenomenal things that, that God has just worked through her. And the biggest thing is just allowing God, once you get yourself out of the way and go, okay, I know I can't, but I know God can. Mm-hmm. And she is, she is one of those gals that truly just shines Jesus. And she's a speaker. She's an author. Like I said, she uh, is the author of the book Cherished, which is her autobiography, since we're talking about writing our autobiographies mm-hmm. today. And her story is one of just full circle redemption. So welcome, Polly Wright. How are you today? Hi, great. How are you guys? We're doing great. I got to say, it was so fun um, just a couple of weeks ago to be there in Dallas and at the, the Pink Impact Conference and walking around. And I'm yes. like, I know her. And there's Polly. And I still have a picture I have to send to you that we took of, of each other. And it was just so delightful to see you there and see all the swarms of women gathering around to hear more about your ministry and about you. And you just like, you just exude Christ. So it was just really fun to watch you in action from a distance. Polly, I, I have to tell you, if she said she's sending you a picture, you, you'll see it next year. <laughs> no, I'll hound her. Make sure I get it. <laughs> I think that was a very negative self-talk toward me. It was. I think we need to talk about that. Exactly. Well, since we are going to talk about that, Polly, we do want to hear a little bit more about your journey um, with this negative self-talk. And I laugh because you call it the stinking thinking. And uh-huh. so we're going to title that the stinking thinking today. So tell us a little bit about your journey with how you were able to get out of the stinking thinking. Okay. Oh, man, it was just, first it was realizing it, but how much I did of it. And then when you were talking about projecting, I just wrote that word down just projecting my negativity and how I saw myself onto everybody around me, even though I'm still a Pollyanna and I always had that little, you know, that big smile on and always trying to have joy. There was those things that kind of oozed out and, um, and I would just say certain things or berate myself in front of other people. Um, and no matter what people told me, um, you know, Oh, you are smart. And I just never believed them. So, but I don't ever remember a time growing up where I didn't have it, where it wasn't a part of me, where I always belittled myself, always. You know, it's just, it's the way I am. It's, it's just how I accepted it. So um, when Christ came into my life and I still had those, that, those thought patterns that just kept tearing me down and tearing me down, and the enemy so wanted to tear me down, 
Um, and I, it was a few years ago um, where I just started hearing God's voice and replacing that lie with the truth. And that's when it started to change everything. And it goes back to, it, that sounds simple. That is a reality, because like you said, first of all, it's a choice. And then you yes. have to exchange God's voice for your voice. It, explain that transition a little bit, because there's a lot in that transition. Oh, there's so much. Well, and talking about that, first you have to hear God's voice. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's taking that time to sit with him and let him let him talk to you, let, you know, just sense him, hear him, see him, and just knowing that he is our source. And you have to start with that because all the other stuff can be humanism where we make it up in our heads, but it's actually God who wants to tell us that. So it's sitting there and being quiet before the Lord um, and hearing his voice. And once you do that, you know, it, it is, this is a process. This is not one time, Lou, I just got rid of all my lies. Thank you, God. Now I can go about my life. You know, it is, it, it started with small things, with little bitty lies that I believed about myself because the big things were so insurmountable to me at that time um, that I never thought I would ever get rid of it. And when he started telling me, you know, just that you are beautiful. I created you. You know, the, the word worthy was always a word that if somebody said that word to me, I mean, I would break. I would just cry because I was not worthy. I knew I wasn't. Everything that happened to me as a child, rape, you know, um, being molested, just um, drug addiction, I was not worthy to be loved by God. Everybody else was, but not me. And, you know, so it took a very long time for me to, to get to the core root of that lie. But it starts with a little bit, and but it really starts with hearing his voice. Well, and um, you know what? You talked about the process because you look okay. at it to get to that part. No, it's like all those years, like you said, of the lies, living the lies and listening to the lies and believing the lies. And mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's not going to overnight go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just change overnight, you know, 20 years of, of this destructive habit, you know, that has been circumstantial and it's been, you know, the self-talk. And so because of our culture, we're so conditioned where we want everything to change overnight. I want to feel good, (laughs) you know, this day and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, and if I don't, then I did something wrong. Instead of, we have to keep it going where it is a journey. It's a process. And some days you take a few steps forward and then one day you take a step back, but you don't give up. Well, right. I think especially with a lot of our listeners, um, we have many moms out there. It's so significant to hear you say, I was, um, I was doing this as a young child. I, I, I don't remember having the negative self-talk as a child, but I, I'm sure I did. But it just, it, it resonates with me to even go there with my children mm-hmm. because it, this is a habitual behavior. And if that's a really hard behavior to break by the time you're... Mm-hmm you know, 17, 18 years old, if you've been, you know, inflicting that self-talk in in a negative way, then how do you, how do you get out of that? But we, we have one minute, um, Polly, before we go into a commercial break. So what would be a suggestion even, I mean, you have darling girls, was that something you were aware of that you kind of shared with your daughters to get out of that habitual behavior? And the greatest thing was, is what I encourage moms to do 
is to ask their kids to hear God. What's the truth about them? So we're not the ones telling them um, because they expect it from us. But what does God say about that lie? And then, you know, and what's the truth about that? So just that's a great time for us to be able to encourage our kids to hear God. And it can be as young as just any understanding to replace that. So it's a great time for that. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with Polly Wright and talking about how we transform our negative self-talk into something that how we see ourselves, how God does. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. talking with Polly Wright uh, today, and she is the founder and executive director of We Are Cherished. She is a speaker and uh, the author of her autobiography, Cherished, which if you, I, I would highly recommend. I just finished reading this book, and you can find out a little bit more about how to get that book on going to our Girlfriend at Facebook page, and you can get it on Amazon.com, but we can give you whatever information you need to, to get that book in your hands. But Polly, we were just talking um, during the commercial break. I love what you said 
that we can't move forward if we're stuck in this this negative talk. So basically being stuck is not where we want to be, especially when we're talking with leaders here and people that are, are running ministries. And many times um, it, it's easy to get stuck because we it paralyzes us because we think there's no way I can accomplish what I'm, you know, what God has, ha- has me set out to do when I feel so inadequate. So we were talking about tips, so tell us a, a few more of how you were able to even, like Lisa said, the, the process, it seems easy to go, oh, just listen to God, but how do you get through that? <laughs> how do you <laughs> start listening? you got to recognize it, you know? I mean, seriously, it's, it's realizing, it's like, oh, okay, just, just really being super sensitive to the fact that, wow, I just told myself my genes look horrible on me again, you know, or, or judgments on other people. Why do I judge other people? Um, if I look at them in the grocery store or the person next to me in the car, you know, those are all negative thoughts. And why, you know, it's really just, you know, capturing those thoughts. And I'm, I'm a very visual person, so I literally capture my thoughts in my hand. And I talk about that in the book um, and just kind of how to go through that. But literally capturing a thought in my hand and going, you know, is this a lie or a truth? And and just recognizing that. And in the beginning, it was really hard. And also, when I first asked, it was like a waterfall of negativity, a waterfall of judgment that I had and carried. And just it seemed really overwhelming um, with just the amount of things that, you know, I berated myself for, my body, my image, my sexuality, my heart. Um, my mind, my thoughts, everything. And so it seems like how am I going to even get through this junkyard of trash? And um, and I just started, just, God, show me one. Show me one that you want me to get to. And it was it was my body image, the first one he wanted to start just really talking to me about. And now I can, like, you know, after just years, again, remember it's a journey, <laughs> after years of just listening to God's truth, I I have no self-body image. Well, sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> I still have something to work on. <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, it's, it's, it's taken a little piece at a time, and then it becomes easier, just like anything, any kind of learning. Well, that's amazing. Uh, that That's a very good tip. Just even start with, like you said, the body image. And once again, I can't help but go back to our children because they are, they're comparing themselves to not only just the kids around them in school, but they have Instagram where, you know, picture after picture, okay, she got 50 likes. I only have two likes. And it's just that ongoing, so in their face with the, with the critical self-talk, which I don't mm-hmm. think we had to deal with it so much as we obviously we didn't have to when we were growing up. Um, so I love that. Just even focus on one. But people don't realize that like when you said recognize it, identify it, that as we're judging others, that's also our self-talk. Because if we're judging others, we're comparing ourselves. Yes, you're comparing mm-hmm. ourselves grocery store going, okay, wow, that And you're looks- judging to really subconsciously saying, how do I measure up to this woman? Mm-hmm. Am I, mm-hmm. and, and you, and it goes back to awareness. Mm-hmm. So much of this, we're not even aware of 
that we're even having this dialogue in our head with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because it becomes, like you said earlier, as much of a habit, a part of our, um, who we are that we don't even know we're doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're doing it even in front of our kids when we're saying, yeah. Oh, she looks so cute. That outfit is darling. Or, Oh, I don't know how that I would really have a hard time in, in keeping, cause I am so visual and I process all my words out loud. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's well, that's really then, a hard task. It is. And it's just really listening to your words. And there's nothing wrong with complimenting a girl or a woman in her cute outfit. You know, it's just when you start nitpicking or, you know, oh, she's cute, but, or I wish I looked like that. Or, you know, it's, it's what is added to that. Cause it's great to compliment each other, um, and encourage each other. But, you know, if you see a girl in a really short skirt and, you know, high heels and, you know, a barely bare top and, um, what is your judgment immediately? And it's like capturing that going, why am I judging? Mm-hmm. And is there something in me? And, you know, it's like, we, why is she walking like that? I always question, why does she look like that? And how does God see her? To start mm-hmm. seeing people through God's eyes, it's like, Lord, how do you see her? How do you see him, the one with the pants? You know, you're talking about the thugs at the, um, the skating rink. Um, you know, God, how do you see them? And they may be actually talking to kids about Christ, yeah. you know, because they can reach at a different level, um, in a place where I can't go and talk to those kids or I could, but they wouldn't maybe listen to me. But you know what I mean? It's, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's our judgments that are projected onto others and our kids see it, hear it and mimic us. And well, how that's, do, go ahead. That's such a good point where how, how we view others, especially when you're doing ministry is how you're Mm -hmm. connecting with them and they sense that. So if you're looking at them as the thug, you're talking to them that way as the thug, rather than talking to them as this is, this person is made and created in God's image. And yes, they could love Jesus. And I need to, I love that how you said, okay, God, let me see them as you see them. And then we respond to them differently. Totally. Because if we were to, yeah, it's like, then how do they see us? So, you know, it's just like flipping that and start questioning everything. God loves our questions. He mm-hmm. loves when we just spend time with him. And, and just, you know, it's just, you know, when we start thinking about, you know, how does that make me feel when I say it um, about myself, that inward thought, and then what am I projecting out from what I'm saying? Is that how God wants my voice to sound? Mm-hmm. Is that what he sounds like through me? And you're going to know because it'll pr- produce the fruits of the spirit. It'll either produce, you know, death. You know, our words can either bring life or death. And um, if it's not producing the fruits of the spirit, um, the words of our mouth coming out with love and joy and peace, then it's producing death. So it, and then in our heads asking the same thing, you know, I may not say it out loud, but I just judge that person. You know, she's got uh, lots of blonde hair. She's driving a Bentley down the street, and I'm judging her and going, oh, my gosh, you know, Lord, what is in me to judge her? Um, and, uh, and then how do you see her, Lord? And then, you know, he'll tell me and how I can project that, but not on, and also how I don't project it on my kids. So I don't know where I was going with that. Well, you we're following you. So that's, just, I don't know what it says about us. We are totally taking a scenic route with you, but you, I'm going to go I'm gonna continue the scenic route because you triggered something. 
Do you think so, so many times that um, when we're having our, our negative self-talk, and especially as women, when you're, when you're doing ministry, you start, um, you know, we're here to encourage other women, and you start um, ignoring yourself, and, and, and cause, because sometimes it's painful to go into your own story and to go, um, what is the negative story I'm telling myself? And the, and the negative self-talk. So you you focus on other people, and you can see their value. You you be, we become very good at telling other people their value mm-hmm. and their worth. Women, you're valued by God, and at the same time, we do not experience that or feel that because we don't want to deal with that. And so we kind of project outward more, and we see that God loves everyone. And yet, sometimes it's easy to go, but I don't feel that special myself. I know I've struggled with that in the past, mm-hmm. and even to, even still today. So many times it's like, I don't always feel that special. I have to um, really, really be aware of that and going, what am I saying to myself? Because I, it's so easy to tell another woman how loved, how valued, how worthy she is, and yet... Many times I don't feel that way myself. And then you have me to mock you. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Holly, do you, do you think I need you in my life? Can you, can you come back with me? I would love to. We can all talk to each other. Um, you know, one thing, you know, and I'm going to use a pretty strong word here, that it is you prostitute yourself when you do that. You, When you give everything of yourself out, mm-hmm. but you're not receiving and so you're giving everything, which, and, and that thing is good when you're seeking life and truth and, and walking alongside men and women, you know, for the potential and the glory of God that's in them, you know, but you're, you're, you don't believe that yourself, you're, you're prostituting yourself. And it, it is so detrimental to you and your ministry. And, and ministry is not just actually, you know, going out and doing things. It's in your home. Your ministry is with your children. Um, and when you're giving everything, you have nothing left for you. And God loves you. And he wants to speak the truth um, and, and tear down the walls of the lies that are in you so you can walk in his full potential and have his direct source coming in you and through you and out of you. And so when we walk in that, in that strength and that wisdom of his love, then you will be able to continue doing it and breaking all that thinking, thinking, and it will go away. It will. There's, um, you know, I used to think I was so stupid because um, I couldn't figure out math and I would berate myself and berate myself in anything. And people reinforce that, you know, by saying you're not good in math and, so I was stupid in everything. That's my, that was my thought. And what God showed me is, you know, I created you. I created your mind. I created your thought processes. And, you know, he's like, what I love about you is your creativity. And, um, and so now I don't even, I never, like, if I'll sit down with a math problem or something, I, I don't get frustrated anymore at all. And it's like, oh, okay, where did that go? You know, but, and then I celebrate it. Make sure we celebrate it. That's so huge. It's just, like, oh, yes, thank you, God. And I dance around and wheel and all that. It's pretty embarrassing. But, um, well, Carly, we are at the end of our oh, time together. And so stay with us. We'll be right back after this commercial break. <laughs> Oh, God. 
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Get ready to live La Bella Vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live La Bella Vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more on the show and your host, check out our website, LaBellaVitaCosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we want to welcome you back to our positive self-talk about how we negatively talk to ourselves. And I hope you understood that because it it makes total sense. Well, our next guest is a dear friend of ours who we have done ministry with for several years. Angie Swanson is a wife, a mom, a children's minister, and a therapist who loves sacred stories and encouraging individuals on their faith journey. Angie is from Seattle, and we have had the privilege of joining her a couple of times doing um, girlfriend's ministry and, and speaking and being with her group up there. And she really is. We always walk away from from our time with Angie going, she is such a healthy, strong leader for mm-hmm. women. And I just appreciate just who she is as a friend, who she is as a ministry partner, and just her role in the kingdom. So we want to welcome you, Angie. Thank you. That was very nice. Thanks. Well, well, thank you. you. You paid me well to say that, didn't you? I- <laughs> At eleven thirty last night, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hey, Angie, I have to, I have to jump into a question because as as Lisa was like oozing and oogling over you, it made me think of um, talking about critical self talk. You would be one of those people. You're you're so high capacity, and you're such a fabulous therapist as well as ministry leader that um, can be very intimidating. And so. Um, just, I was just thinking there have been times because of your, your all knowing EQ IQ that it's easy to feel inadequate around you. So just, Mm. just on that note, like go ahead and had some negative self-talk when you've been around. I have had some negative self-talk because (laughs) 
when, when you like, there have been times when we've been talking ministry and, and you'll get in your therapy role and I'm sitting there going, okay, wow. Like, I don't really want to say anything cause I'm going to, I'm going to sound really ignorant on this, on this topic. And, but you're not declare it to, I world. will declare it. I will, you know, I, I'm a psych major and you like can spend circles around me. So that's just one of the things that we do as women that you, you have those thoughts and you never, you never you share those people. thoughts, yeah. but now I'm going to share it to the thousands of listeners that we have out there of my inadequacies. So I, I like it when she goes public with her, with her thoughts like that. Well, I'm going to jump in here because you really, you really do love sacred stories and you really do love extracting them from people. And, and that is hard when you're on the other end of that, because yeah. it's like, I know Patty so many times has tried to go, she challenged me going, go deeper with that thought. And I personally, I don't like to go into my story and I don't know why it's not like, but I, it's, it's hard to go deeper into your story. It's easier to stay at a, at a shallow level and, it, and it's, it's easy. fun. It's fun to be shallow. Well, it is fun. <laughs> and then it's easy to have the seg- the negative self-talk because that you don't have to go deep with that. Really. Right. It's so easy to have that. Yeah. So why is the power of story so significant? Okay. So I, we skipped Patty's question, right? <laughs> Lisa no. was so over me on that. You know what? <laughs> okay. Okay. It's okay. You, I'll answer them both. I can talk no, about both of them. You know, I, I think it part of knowing your own story and is listening to other people. And I, you know, so as far as listening, I spend a lot of time listening and asking questions. And um, I, I had no idea, Patty, that you would feel inadequate at all, ever, because I've listened to both of you. You've been a huge part of my life. You've spoken into my life. I think what happens when we get together is it's so intense because we're only together for a few hours at a time, and then I travel away, and so I think a lot of words come out. Um, But I think if you sense that in someone else, I think it's just to enter into that story and, and let them know who you are and where your vulnerable place is as well. And, mm-hmm. and I think when we're doing our self-talk, um, that vulnerable place has to be done with good talk, too, not just this is how I am and it's no big deal. Because if we're really getting vulnerable, I think, and we want people to enter into that story, um, we have to be kind to ourselves even as we say our story. So it's easy for people sometimes to repeat stories that are horrific and I sit there as a therapist and look at them and say, wow, that doesn't even sound kind to your story. Um, so typically I'll enter into it that way and, and enter into their sacred story with a question. So and it, questions and allowing people to answer are huge. Um, I, I think one of the, a, a huge tip in helping with your, your critical thoughts, and I, and I love Polly's Your Stinking Thinking, is yeah, yeah, to yeah, surround yeah. yourself with high capacity people, when you're connected with those that challenge you and those, those around you that are going to lift you up and cause you to think differently, you don't have time to think of the negative because you're over here being challenged to go, okay, what's next? Where does God want me? You know, God is just loving me. How do, how do I be the, you know, the best me that he created me to be? So when you surround yourself with people like that, then that does challenge you. It does make you a better person. But many times people don't because of what I just shared. If, right. if that person makes you look at yourself and maybe, you know, you go, wow, I, I, I'm just not on the, you know, on the intellectual level or I can't, you know, top that. We have, we, 
we sometimes surround ourselves. If we put ourselves at a five, we surround ourselves with fours so we can um, right. feel better about ourselves mm-hmm. rather than surrounding ourselves with tens to know that. And, and here we are, we're comparing again. <laughs> but you, you, you know what I'm saying? It's like we, God tells us to that in, in scripture. It says, you know, you surround yourself with fools. You're going to become a fool that we do need to surround ourselves with, with those that are going to challenge us. But, um, yeah, did that so you t- know what I was thinking when I was coming here, I was thinking about the first time that I met you, that I met Lisa. And it was because I've been thinking about what we've been saying and people need a little concrete on how to get there. Like, how do I take that first step? And for me, I had been in ministry for a long period of time. There had been some serious, um, uh, events that had added to my negative self-talk and my worthlessness of what uh, my inability to move forward with God. And uh, I, I just had two words. I knew I wanted to be better or bitter. I had, mm-hmm. There was only going to be two choices coming out of this, better or bitter. And so I went to a conference and didn't get out of that conference what I was expecting. And I remember saying, I remember being frustrated. The four women that was with me would remember that moment of me being in the room saying, I am frustrated. And so we talked <laughs> to the conference leaders afterwards, and they said, you know what, you, who you need to meet is Patty and Lisa. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, right. I'm just going to call them on the phone and say, hey, this is me. Can I talk to you? <laughs> and, um, but it was a calculated risk. I remember following through on that. I went into a sabbatical period of my life. I knew I was seeking women who had come out on the other side better and not bitter. That was a purpose driven for me and made that phone call and then got ordained that I ended up talking to Lisa's daughter who said, Hey, you want my mom's cell phone number? And I went, Hey, sure. Now, not everybody should get a cell phone number, but I just think it was amazing how God worked that. And so how I met the two of you and then how you guys started um, pulling things out of my out of my life and I do believe it's been part of my passion about sacred stories of helping people process them. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, and that is the, the, the whole story angle is really significant and yes. we're hearing that more and more because you know Jesus used stories and so many times we don't want to focus on our own stories. We we minimize our own stories and and we you know we want to always project these other stories and then then we get into that that habit of comparing stories Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so we compare our stories and it's like no your story is your own story and your story has value and god wants to use your story but as women sometimes we want and i know i'm guilty of this i want somebody else's story it goes back in the day when um when my husband and i doing youth ministry you know you call it testimony he's going to give a testimony and i always felt like i didn't have a significant i had a boring testimony you know it's like i always wanted somebody else's testimony they would say something like I want that one. And it's like, but yeah. God give me that one. And so how do you, how do you get to the point where it's like, I need to embrace my story, be content with my story and appreciate my story. Well, for me, when I started into therapy and I would sit with these people and they would tell me their story, I would, I would enter in with them. And then I would say, Oh my goodness, that's amazing. And, but they mm-hmm. had discounted it already. So their mm-hmm. negative talk was already with it. And so I do believe you need to enter your story. You need to let other people enter into it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's in, instead of talking about other people's stories, your story. But our story, um, we do want to keep our stories hidden because of shame, because of things that make us turn our eyes away from God. So obviously I think first is how do you, how do you approach your story with God? 
Mm-hmm. And the only way you can do that, I think, is to get into God's Word so you can start letting your story enter into it. The risk we have is that often we even want God's, God's Word to trump our story, but we are only our story and God. He's co-authoring that story with us. So who we are, you can't discount your story because he's done some amazing things in your story. You may mm-hmm. not see it, though, until other people enter into it. So that's well, where you... I think that's what's so significant about sharing your stories because many times you don't see it until you let others enter into it and then they give you some perspective. And definitely, like you said, the biggest tip is to get in, get into God's word and, and see how he was a part of the story. Um, another thing you said earlier, um, talking about how your story, how you were in a place and then you were very frustrated, how (laughs) instead of staying in that place of of frustration, you know, going from, I can either be bitter or better. You did a huge leap. You said by just making the phone call and so many calculated risk. Yes, it was a calculated risk. And that is so important to, um, to do that. And, and so many times people do, they do not want to take that risk. Uh, just, just this week we were talking about, we wanted to hear, um, Ted Haggard was a, the pastor in Colorado mm-hmm. that, um, had a, you know, a huge thing obviously happened because of, of choices that he made that were probably right. obviously not the best choices, but we said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to call Ted and let's get him on the radio. And people look like, yeah, right. But but that's a risk sometimes that you just have to like jump and leap and not go, oh, why would Ted take our phone call? You know, like right. you, you why would Lisa and Patty take my phone? And you're just like, okay, but that's where God's directing you. And if you're really listening to God, go for it. And, quit right. doing and going back to that choosing people, so what, what um, Patty was saying about choosing a, a 10 or choosing someone that, you know, it, again, it's your judgment, but somebody who you feel is further down that journey. So part of the thing that I love to do with people is linking people together, linking people that are further on the journey with people that are discouraged on the journey. And that is a huge passion of my heart, um, forming like community groups, which, you know, one is was a widow's group that I had been talking to all these different widows, and I knew I needed to link them all together. And But they did not want to tell that part of their stories. It was a very tragic part of their stories to become this widow, especially most of them younger widows. And to link them together meant they had to take a calculated risk in trusting me to let them share their stories. And I would tell you the bond that they have now and the outlook on life that they have now is um, completely different because of a girlfriend at their side. Well, Angie, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we'll continue our bonding. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. 
Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Do your friends and family speak the same spiritual language as you? Are you ready to embrace the life you truly desire? Are you ready to find the courage to listen to your intuition, embrace your ancient wisdom, and live an authentic life in joy? Join Gail Carruthers, your spiritual girlfriend, Fridays at noon, Eastern Standard Time, on the Angel Radio Network, as she ignites the conversations you're longing to have. Grab a cup of tea, tune in, and finally find the answers you're looking for and the path of happiness you seek with an hour of Dishy Talk Radio for the Spiritually Hungry with Gail Carruthers, your spiritual girlfriend, here, Fridays at noon, on the Angel Radio Network, changing the world by enlightening the world. One radio show at a time. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are having just such a fun, great girlfriend time, but an, a very insightful time. And Patty um, went public with some of her inadequacies. <laughs> That's earlier. why it's so fun to you. And it made it so fun and so riveting to me. So anytime you feel the need to do that, you can do that. And you totally took me off track and you took Angie off track, which it doesn't surprise me that you can get me off track. But, you know, when you get Angie, that was really significant. So that was a very significant segment we just concluded. And when we left, when we last left you, we were talking about linking and bonding and how you do link people together, some that are further down the journey than others. And, you know, to kind of to match people, and bring them together. And that's what we love to do, too, is connect women, connect people going, you need to, you know, connect with this person and this story needs to collide with this story. And it really is about... God colliding our stories, and you never know who he's going to introduce you to or who's going to, you know, come down your path. So you, you always want to just be open to that. And like you said, you don't want to say, no, this person would never take my phone call mm-hmm. because you never know what God wants to do. And you don't know that maybe you have something to offer that they need at that time. So it's, it's keeping your options open, which is what we're all about. So Angie, I'll quit talking yeah. because <laughs> continue talking about what you do with women and linking in the bonding. And the circles and the groups. Well, and, and since we're adding all of our questions in, in one <laughs> shot, I, I also want to talk about we can, we can have our own self-critical thinking, but some of that comes from the outside critics. So I, I also want to go there a little bit because I know we're just like speeding through this show and um, some of our self-talk comes from what we hear. So yeah. on that thought, hit it. Okay. Well, I'll talk real quick about the linking and and then we can go to the next, but, um, I love linking people together. And the reason was we could, I've been in groups where we've uh, brought general groups together and we're trying to touch on a topic. Uh, and it, and it's great. It's terrific. But then there's this time that you get people that have shared stories and you link them together and they go deep so fast that I have watched healing and encouragement and hope come quickly because they can jump. It's almost like they can jump midstream into um, crisis or in stream to things that have brought them sorrow or have, have stuck them. And the best person that can unstick you sometimes is the person who's a little further that can look at you honestly and say, come on, come with me. Let me show you. And it gives you such hope and encouragement and a common language so quickly 
Um, and it's, it's amazing to watch. And, and I did it with an adoptive uh, parents group once because I was trying to encourage a couple adoptive moms. And so I brought these women together since I had, and it was amazing to watch them take off and go beyond me because I didn't experience the exact same things they did. I could counsel or I could help lead a discussion, but at the same time they bonded in a way that just amazed me in um, like in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes efficient, I think. Uh, We are more than a single instance, so it's not like you want to stay in that group only because you are so much more than one difficult point of your life. But it allows, I think, some really community spirit start working, especially in those groups of ways. But I think, you know, go to message when two or more are gathered, suddenly the spirit just really can cook together. And it's great. So, okay. and then your uh, last one, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I want to go back. You, you said you, you are more, we are more than a single instance. And then you talk about all this. That is a, that is a significant line because we focus on that instance so much. We'll have an instance and that will start defining us and taking us down a path. And yeah, because if like, you talk about stuck places, you can be stuck in one place, but being developing in another. And so I believe part of this whole process of, uh, of, of maturity in Christ, obviously, is letting them all kind of become more congruent. But sometimes it's fearful because we kind of keep on stuff, but then we'll become amazing Bible study people, perhaps. But we have this moment that we can have a trigger and we just freak out and become something different. And that's kind of a stuck place. Okay. And you know what? That That is a significant place because we. it is so easy to get stuck and not even realize that you're stuck in a place. And like you said, you can be stuck in one place, but developing in another. So how do you, how can you really recognize I am really stuck? I mean, sometimes you know that something is maybe off course or something's not quite right. How do you know I am stuck right now in something, maybe a a destructive behavior, a destructive self-talk that's happening? How do you recognize that? Well, I think, you know, for me, it, it seems to be the, to have the ability to see yourself as a whole person. So certain things are functioning well, you're doing well here, and all of a sudden something comes up. Now, this is where self-talk comes in because say you suddenly, I don't know, let's say you just suddenly freaked out on the road, right? You're driving a car and you suddenly just had this road rage moment. Then I think when you know how to handle your your self-talk, rather than saying you shouldn't do that, you were terrible, you're an idiot, you're stupid, you would say, whoa. Where did that come from? And want to then delve into that. And, and if you're you know, walking with God, if you are a person of faith, you know, ideally it's to say, okay, God, can you help me understand why I just, just did that? What we do in negative self-talk is sometimes start, and I believe we can even use Scripture in negative self-talk, just start harping on you. You are a sinner. You are doing, you're just wrong. You need to do this right. You, are, you should be better than this. Every time you... I always say to people, every time you use the should word, it starts with S-H, and that's not good. So I think you have to, <laughs> you, you, I think you can, I think the biggest thing is to enter in and say, where did that come from? And not beat it up, but really do an honest discovery. Do I have a hurt place? And that's how you can enter into stuck places, where you can go to an individual and say, you know, I'm doing good. But this area is really hurting me right now. Why would that be? And sometimes that will take a little, uh, a little just girlfriend time. Sometimes that might take sitting down with somebody that's trained to do that. 
Okay, you said something significant that it just just kind of rattled me a little bit, which that <laughs> doesn't take much to rattle. Um, okay, like you like you gave the instance of driving. Did down you hear that negative self talk? I just wanted you to know. I'm sorry, no, that wasn't at all. That was that was an enlightening negative self talk. That's about ready to transform and morph. We're justifying. Yeah, it, it's about ready to morph. I think um, when you gave the example, like driving down the road, and you have something. It's like you know, driving down the road. I got to be. I'm going to go public with another, and you know this, you know, what am I, I'm confessing, but sometimes when you're driving down the road, that's when I get the most irritated with people, you know, when somebody does something or cuts you up or they, they're sitting at a light that's green or something and you, you start talking to them in your head. Sometimes I even talk to them out loud. Um, and then, like you said, you go, instead of, and then I catch myself and I'll go, God, I'm so sorry that I'm not having a positive talk toward them, but I don't ever, I, I don't know that I've really gone, why am I having this? Why is this bothering me this way? Asking that question of why and what is in me that would, that, that irritated me? Why did that irritate me? That's a good distinction because I, I think sometimes I'm quick to just go, God forgive me, but not look at it and go, but why did that irritate me? So that I, I doesn't repeat again. Does that make sense? Yes, because I do think our brain is wired to, you know, it's got a ton of memories in there, right? So a lot of times what the popular thing is to say it's a trigger, but it's really more like a connection that happens or in stuffing things. And uh, obviously in a car, it's private. Nobody's going to hear us except for God. And uh, we have a little bit more freedom. Perhaps we let down our guard. But I do think to be able to say, you know what, God, I'd love I want to trust you enough for me to say, why, why does that bug me? And then I think when we, when we ask that why, and we actually genuinely are talking to God about it, then I believe the Spirit kind of says, woohoo, wow, you asked, and now you will have, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it, is, it is walking in a trust relationship with God, that He is a God who gives good gifts, that He is a God who, even when He disciplines, disciplines out of great love for us. And, and those are those, again, going back to good self-talk of knowing how God is as a father, that he will love us and give us good gifts. Wow. That is good. And, and now we're going into the, when we hear from the critics yeah. outside, how do yeah. we deal with that? Well, I would say, you know, you're not going to be able to stop critics, right? People have opinions. People and rightly so, they cannot like something we did. It's really okay, right? I would say what the critics that bother us the most, that really get to us the most, are connecting with our negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. So if we can really work that negative self-talk and, and work that process, not just become better Bible scholars, but really allow the Spirit to use God's Word to transform us, to start trusting God, to use God's Word to help us know Him better, to trust him, then we can start working our self-talk. So that when that happens, they don't get extra fuel from us. And when they get, if we don't work that and they get the extra fuel from us, then suddenly we react or we, it just adds more to it, right? We just let them pour it in because it's already there. I've already got the ne- negative little self-talk bucket in my, in my heart. And so when they say it, I just let them pour it in, pour it in. And, and obviously the evil one knows, the evil one knows how to pour that into you. So, and the negative self talk, I would say, is your way of giving the evil one traction. Mm. That's that's a good that's a good line. Okay, Angie, we have only about two minutes left. Okay. Um, 
we'd had a conversation. I went, because I think this was really significant. We had a conversation um, earlier, and you were saying how you asked people, what is a word that you tell yourself or that you give yourself when, when you're having that negative self-talk? And then you, we, we talked about, you know, I said, what is the most common word? And you gave me a couple words. And then you said, and this is the word now I use. Can you explain that in less than two minutes? Because And so well, read our listeners to go, I'm going to walk away with a new word, that how I describe myself today. Yes, yeah, so sometimes, definitely, we've developed words growing up in our lives that we call ourselves. Some are given to us by others, and we repeat them. Um, some of them we call ourselves. And so my word that I used frequently was idiot. And it was really interesting to me when I started going through uh, some different types of therapy, of working together my, my neurons, let's say, in my brain, uh, in a thing called lifespan integration and the healing timeline. I actually had to have some healing of that word and tried to allow God to help me understand, why do I call myself an idiot? It isn't a nice word. I think that the previous speaker was talking about these are death words. They're totally death words. So when you hear yourself saying death words to yourself, you can try to uh, do a rote memory of saying, okay, every time I say that death word, I'm going to have to say something else. But I do believe there's more that you can do in allowing God to replace, to redeem your death word. You know, and I think to ask God, God, this is the word I say to myself. Can you help me redeem this underneath your, your son, Jesus Christ, to have a new word? Can you give me a new word? Not something you do on your own, but can you give me a new word, God, and a new name? And he did that frequently in the Bible. Maybe he would, he would say, this is your name, but here is your new name. What is the new name? And it's not something that you do on your own. It's the name comes from God. But you have to let God into that redemption process. Well, okay, we, we have got to go. Thank you so much for entering into okay. our sacred stories this day and for challenging all of us to really enter and, and find that new word that we will give ourselves that redeemed word. You've been listening to Girlfriend at Radio. We, we challenge you to, to join us on Facebook for more information. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself.